for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Clickety-clickety-clickety-clack. What's up, guys? It's Tuesday, <laughs> June 12, 2012, episode 39 of Attack of the Androids. Watch us live when we start the show, an hour after we say we will, at attackoftheandroids.com slash live. I'm Matt Lee, joining me tonight, of course, in the Google Hangout, Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, man? Is it is it over yet? Podcast, <laughs> just, just about. Jeremy Lesniak. <laughs> this is the best part of my week. Joey Kelly. This is the second best part of the weeks in which I do a Buffer Overflow show with Matt. Seth Herringer. Good to be here, guys. Good to have you here, finally. Hey, Matt. Matt, it's a strong G. Herringer. Herringer. <laughs> Herringer. How long have I known you? Seth puts the gur in Herringer. <laughs> All right, since you're a smartass tonight, Seth, give me the phone of the moment. Hey, we missed you last week, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sorry I wasn't here. What was the phone of the moment last week? Did you guys I'm, have not, one? I'm not even going to tell you. We now. had three. Um, yeah. Oh. So what's well, up? were they? Because I... we don't understand English, and you know, <laughs> phones. How it works. It's not phones <laughs> of the moment, is it? That's my. No, phone. it's not. So uh, today, the phone of the moment is going to be the Asus Pad phone. Uh, for the U.S. users, it's not available here in the U.S. right now. I think it's only available in Korea, China. I forget which one it is. What country it is? Um, That's not a phone. <laughs> Well, it is. It's um. So it's got is it a fourteen inches wide. No, no, no. It's got a QHD. So this is interesting. So let's set up the um the basic of this. So this is a like a car- compartmentalized phone. It's the, you know if you remember the Atrex where Motorola had this sort of idea of docking Seth? a keyboard on your phone. This is sort of the next generation of that. Do you remember the so, Note? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, but so this is a. I want to say it's a four point three inch screen. Does it say on that? Do you see it, Jeremy? I'm not sure I'm how big it is, but it's QHD, so it's 940, uh, it's 9 whatever by... I've got the review up, and they're just showing a lot of pictures. Yeah, I forget, talking, I forget how it. big the screen is. Um, 4.3. 4.3, yeah. So it's a 4.3-inch screen. It's actually probably a pre- it's actually still a pretty decent phone. It's got the S4 chip in it, so it's got, you know, right now the best processor available. Uh, the screen is supposed to be okay, but like I said, it's only QHD. It's not HD like, you know, the newer phones are, the Nexus, the One, and the Galaxy S3. Um, so it's supposed to be a decent phone, decent hardware, nothing spectacular, but okay. Uh, but the really interesting thing is that, so the phone actually docks, so it has like a tablet shell, which is just a screen and a battery basically, and the the phone docks into the top of it, um, with a little, it's got a little, uh, like compartment that opens up and shuts again. And it actually, it actually doesn't look that bad. I remember, I think about... It might have been 10, 15, 20 episodes ago. We talked about the original version of the pad phone, which is as ugly as it all get out. It had this big bump on it. But they've totally fixed it, totally revamped it. So that it looks like kind of a normal tablet, but it's a little bit thicker than normal. Than like it's, they said it's a little bit bigger than the original iPad. So that sort of gives you the right sizing of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's um, supposed to be a decent tablet. The experience is supposed to be pretty decent as you slide things in and out. And the final thing is it docks into a keyboard dock to make it an actual, like, laptop then, right? So then you have, like, a big screen with your... So your phone is now running, like, the tablet, the laptop, and the phone, um, all based on the one S4 chip. Um, and all of... Do both of those, like, kind of in the Atrix or in even in the, the Transformer Prime when you put it in the dock... It kind of gives the battery life a nice little boost. Oh, huge. Yeah, I think once you dock them all through together, it gets like 18 hours or something like that. That's wicked. Yeah, so it's, it gives it a big um, a big battery bump. Is it weird um, that we, yeah, I mean, we this, couldn't figure out how to get... This basically looks like... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, no, man. Eric, go ahead. In 10, 9... <laughs> <laughs> no, this actually... I was just going to say, this looks exactly like the Transformer Prime with the exception of the little bump on the back. I think it's going to be the exact same experience for folks pretty much with the exception of your 
you know, highly negative experience. But it's like the <laughs> Russian doll thing, right? Like it's a phone inside of a thing inside of another thing inside of this other thing. Is that the idea? Yeah, that is. But here's the thing that's really so. He, I'll, so I'll give you the quick you, rundown. Can you put the tablet inside of a, like a 58 inch big screen? <laughs> or I mean, what's the a projector? What's the top, so then there's like yeah. What's the top tier? Um, the uh, the basic rundown of this is that every pretty much all the reviews I've seen, I don't have my hands on it. It's only like only available. I said in I think Korea. It may that may not be wrong. But I think it's Korea. Do, is is Asus based out of Korea? Do you guys know? I forget where based out of. But anyways, Eric um, Finkenbeiner in the chat says that it is currently available in the USA. No, it's not. He's wrong. Eric, I, I Seth, Seth says you're a liar. <laughs> no, it's in Taiwan. That's where it is. Uh, Eric, do you, do you really think it's available in the USA? No, I think that I think you can order it and they're shipping to the USA. I don't think you can go oh. to the store right now and buy it. Oh yeah, you're not well, even in the USA. How would you know? <laughs> I mean, you Don't can always. Tell people that. I mean, I know you can always import it through <laughs> eBay or Amazon. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Not not the real Amazon, but you have to order from a secondary merchant. You know, on Amazon, they got those secondary merchants. Um, well, Asus traditionally releases a worldwide version and a U.S. version. That's what we've seen with both of the Transformers, and I think that they're doing the same thing with this, and that the U.S. version is shipping to the U.S. but only online. I may be wrong. Well, look into that while I talk about this, because I'd be curious if it actually if that was the case. Everything I'd heard says it wasn't available, but if there isn't something, that'd be that'd be really interesting. Um, but again, like you said, you can always import it. But uh, so the basic idea that pretty much everyone who has their hands on this thing has said is that it's a they, they like the idea, they think that you know it could go really far. Especially, it's a way, and this will maybe we're not transitioned yet, but eventually we will get to this idea of the shared data plan, right? I mean, this phone could save you one hundred twenty dollars. A month. I mean, a, a year, right? Because if you have to pay ten dollars a month for your shared data plan. So the idea uh, is, you don't want a bunch of different devices that each have their own data plan. You just want a bunch of different screens that you could just exactly. pop this phone and, up. And into. Verizon has no. I mean, and, uh, these companies have no way of knowing, right? That well, it's, it's a terminal it's, screen at that point. You're just using this to yeah. power all these different terminals. It yeah, would be nice exactly. if you and, could and get so, like a Wi-Fi Direct to connect them all, so you didn't have to like physically insert your. Yeah, insert. I, I mean, it seems like it, it seems to me like this is probably the way that it should go. <laughs> the phone stuff should go. I mean, why pay again for two chips, two sets of RAM, two sets of all this stuff? You know I mean when you don't need to, when you can just buy. One chip, and then you know you have continuity, right? So that you put your phone in, and you can. You know, one of the problems with this one is that it does this that it doesn't do it very well, right? All the apps aren't built to work on both tablets and phones, and so there's been some, a lot of the reviewers are pretty down on this version of it because of the lack of continuity. The hardware is not that great. The phone. But this isn't is all like that. iteration one. I mean, exactly. No, and even for iteration one, they say it's actually pretty decent. Um, you know, like it's totally usable. Everything works. Uh, the problem is it's switching between the two of them. You know, some apps force close, and there's some problems there. But sort of once you're in each each specific version of this phone, tablet, computer thing, that, like, it works pretty well, you know, when you're in that thing, and then switching is, is not quite as great as it It were. almost sounds like we need a group like Portable Apps, you know, those guys that make those portable apps. <laughs> we need something like that for these new Android devices, like or that kind of idea to where it's not maybe necessarily caching everything on the device, but it's going to a card well, that is then inserted in you the... Know, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I would love if this became sort of a normal thing. Like if, you know, let's say the Galaxy S3 had sort of a tablet you could buy for it and then a, you mean, and then a dock you could buy for something like that because, you know, powerful chip, lots of RAM... Uh, you know, the USA version is going to have two gigs of RAM in it. So it's like, you know, so means, but, but that's just not happening right now. Asus is sort of on the fringes doing something that no one else is doing. Motorola tried it. They failed pretty miserably. Um, you know, hardware wasn't ready yet. Hardware right now, I mean, that Exynos chip in the international version could easily do this stuff, right? It's basically a laptop already. I mean, the chip is. So, well, I mean, I would love to see it, but, like, I worry that carriers are going to be really down on this. Like, Verizon, I don't think, would ever sell this. Um, because they can't, especially with this new shared data plan stuff, they can't control all the different, you know, there's really three devices now, right? Yeah, so well, let's, be charging you. let's talk about that. So we, we mentioned a while back that 
everyone was freaking out that, oh my god, our unlimited plans are going away. And then, you know, it came out that it's not going away until you actually upgrade your phone after this certain date. But no one really knew, like, what the new plans were going to be like. And so they just came out with what's called the share share everything, which kind of to me seems weird that, like, you, you want us to share everything, but you really want to charge us for, like, each individual thing we're going to share. It, it seems like the... The prices, I mean, fifty bucks for a gig—that that seems well, a bit, a bit much there. But it, it's also interesting that you know these these companies made like the majority. If you look at your phone bill, any one of us looks at our phone bill. We're paying the most for our minutes and our text messages. If you have unlimited or like five hundred minutes shared between all four of us on the plan or whatever, and now they're kind of shifting away from that to where the data is going to be worth more and you're just going to have unlimited voice and text because nobody does that anymore. Well, the voice at least. Except they're charging you $40 a month for each each phone. Exactly. So you're going to have your your regular price for each month for each device and then you're going to pay extra for each little... This doesn't seem good for the customer once again. No good at all. It certainly kills... Family plans, right? I mean, it kills it's, all it's of a, the plans. This is all they're going to do. Well, the problem is, it's got it's it's negative on both sides in some sense. Because on the one side, if you're a single person, um, is bad because now you're paying fifty dollars for one gigabyte of data, right? Ridiculous. Yeah, that's the worst thing Plus I've ever seen. Plus another so if you're like what, a, forty dollars for the default price just for yeah. being their customer. I'm going to pay you forty dollars just to be your customer. So your your awesome. base smartphone is going to cost you ninety dollars. I a pay. Month. I pay that with unlimited data plus all my I pay $97 for my my phone with it's 450 minutes but I've got unlimited data and some tax and a bunch of other stuff and you know $90 plus taxes is over $100 so I'm going to get less in practice and pay more I know and it's bad for it's bad for so that's one bad case right another bad case is let's say you're a family who has uh, you know, children, right? And they don't all need these fancy data phones, right? They just need, like, I just want them to be able to call me when something bad is going on, right? And a few text messaging. Do you think so now, this is... Now, any child you want to put on this thing is $40 more a month. Is this, no more... is this a move to slowly phase out those feature phones then? It's got to be, right? I mean, the, yeah, but the problem is, is, I mean, can you even buy a feature phone on this plan? I don't even know. I guess a forty dollars. I guess well, that would be it. Well, no, a basic phone. It has a basic phone. I'm looking at the uh, the TechCrunch article from today. Um, it shows basic phone. The base price is thirty dollars for unlimited everything. But, but then, but but like right now, you can get an extra line for like five bucks a month or something like that. Right. I mean, it's, right. it's nothing, right? It's, you just have your pool of minutes. It's absolutely and you, stupid. And you give your kids all these. I guess what you do now is you give your kid a track phone or something right? yeah you, you go burner, a, burner phone all the yeah, way yeah the metro usa or metro pcs or whatever phone and you keep them off these shared plans the john I smith tell burner. You something uh we we had uh my or my girlfriend had when i met her the straight talk which is through walmart mm-hmm. and the pitch there is that for 45 bucks a month that you don't even have to i mean you can just walk into a walmart and buy the card you know you can do it with cash you can do it with you know, a credit card you can do with anything. You don't have to have any kind of credit rating. You don't have to have, you know, anything except forty-five bucks in your pocket plus tax, um, in in my state at least. And you get unlimited minutes, unlimited text messages, and unlimited data, uh, such as it is on their uh, dial-up slash one x speed uh, connection through and Sprint. Through Sprint. And the thing is, is that if you have halfway decent Sprint coverage. It's dang hard to argue with $45 a month for unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. I mean, I I can't touch that. I mean, I've got her now on my cell phone plan. Um, She's paying uh, about $12 or $13 less every month, mainly because of the additional tax on top of the $45. And uh, she lost the Internet on the phone because I don't have that on my plan. I just have text and, and minutes. Right. There's an interesting. I mean, the, oh, good, Seth. The only person, the only like the only group that this helps, in my opinion, would be like the power family, right? The a high upper class that's got like the wife and the husband both have tablets and phones, and their kids have like tablets and phones, right? That's like the, the only person. If you if you 
this plan is like a tablet plan, in my opinion, right? Unless you have, unless you have these three G, four G tablets, this phone is not this tablet. This, this um, data plan is not for you. Has it? Am I the only one that's noticed that um, apparently Verizon sells jetpacks? Really? <laughs> for twenty dollars a month, unlimited usage. Huh? Uh, I mean, does no one uh, else not think doesn't. Look at the TechCrunch article. Apparently, they sell jetpacks. You know, the other thing, the other reason I could think this thing is decent is it does let you tether, right? So there's no you know what that is though, Seth. All that is is them saying, "Well, you guys are going to do it anyway." So well, they, they let you tether. Oh wow, you mean I can use my bits in the way I want to use? Yeah, my bits? like most of us haven't oh, already. Off Horizon. Thanks. I know, Verizon. but I mean, I'm just saying that it wasn't before. Right? Most most companies charge you to tether. And there, and Verizon was, I know, and a lot of other companies were sending out text messages to be like, "We see your tethering. If you continue to do that, we're going to take away your unlimited plan and give you whatever." Right? There was that scare about six months ago. Where yeah, people were losing know, their unlimited. And and you if know, you they're run, you know, an alternative ROM, they don't know. Well, there's also apps even on stock ROMs well, that will hide that tether usage. I mean, Foxfy is a great, great one that does that. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you can hide it or not. I, I mean, I, I got scared because I was like... Did you get people... a message? No, I never got one. Well, me neither. I... So what are you scared of? Have well, faith, a bunch Seth. Of, I mean, there were a bunch of forums and things going crazy about... Oh, the internet lies. Stop. The internet It was lies. definitely happening. I don't know if they... I don't know if it's... I haven't heard anything like that for a while now, but... All Anyways. right, so here's a thought. Yeah. Why don't you just dump your data, dump your phones... Uh, get a Verizon MiFi, for instance. You can connect up to five devices to it and use Skype. I was actually thinking of getting just a little like 3G card and just connecting to that one of those little hotspots. Well, you can't do it with a little card. You have to do it with the actual hotspot with no. its own battery. And you do it with but... a little card hooked up to a little netbook, and you just psh, broadcast. Okay, yeah, we'll repeat it through the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. I mean, cheating, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's easier yeah. ways to do it. I'm sure. I mean that there. I mean there, that 10 gig for a hundred dollars is actually a decent deal. No, it's not. One. How is that? What? I'm sorry, that's insane. I'm paying. Well, right now it's 30 bucks for two gigs. It's not so much that it's on top plan. of everything else. It's gonna make your bill like 300 dollars where it was. No, but I just like mean. I mean, if you really, if you really do have, I mean, like there, this but, will save some families money. Who's I, using, my opinion, very stable, right? Who's using I, that I much? See any, I want to see an actual use case where this saves money because we're speculating. Corporate entity. No, think think right now. If you let's say you have a family plan where everyone's on the thirty dollars a month, right? So let's say five people or something like that. Right? You're spending one hundred fifty dollars on ten gigs you, of data. But we have that, and our plan I'm, is. Re- I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that most families are that there are very few families that are gonna go are going to allow that. Yeah, I no, I agree not, with you. I, I don't know you. very many families that that do that in practice. I agree with you 100%. In this totally economy? So Very few, but I think there will be we, some. Can we stop calling this as anything other than what it is, which is complete and utter rubbish, and Verizon finding another way to screw its customers? I saw an interesting comment that it was like government-sanctioned robbery or something because the government keeps helping them out with little bits and pieces here well, and there. Well, I'm really happy that... I mean, Sprint is developing an LTE network. AT&T is developing an LTE network. I mean, I hope Metro PCS and some of these other people, I hope Metro PCS and T-Mobile like team up. Like there were some rumors a while back because there needs to be competition. Because, I mean, I'm on Verizon right now. Uh, I mean, I'm on a family plan with my family. Um, and it's like, I don't know if I'll stay with Verizon once we all have to drop our family plan. Ant in the chat says, uh, 1,500 minutes, unlimited data text, two lines. He says this is going to be expensive now. Right. And Verizon. I put a CB radio in my car. I know, right? I'm going to learn ham. Or, you know, how about that? Uh, how about, I mean, I, I'm gonna have, I hate to say this, but what about Republic Wireless? Right? If that becomes a real thing, that would be pretty Sprint. awesome. It runs on Sprint. It's, you know what? Sprint is useless in my area. Yeah. Here too. I have Sprint, and I can't even buy a T-Mobile phone. They won't let me if I punch in my zip code. Yeah, that's how crappy. AT and T starting to get a a 
foothold here a little bit, but it's all Verizon pretty much end to end well, up a- here. AT and T is not that much better than Verizon. I mean, AT and T is going to do the same sort of thing, and it's not like they're going to undercut; they're just going to match. Yeah, I was going to say there's an interesting article on Lifehacker about you know the death the death of unlimited data, what it means, and how you can keep your unlimited data plan for you know as long as possible. And they kind of outline each what unlimited means for AT and T, Verizon, T Mobile, and Sprint. And then how to deal with a limited data plan. And they, they kind of mentioned what we mentioned last week is that, you know, look at your data usage. If you have a phone that will track that, chances are you're probably not going above that gig limit unless you're constantly, like we said before, you know, the 3G is so slow. You use Wi-Fi when you, whenever you can because, just because it's faster. You know, it makes your phone just lag being on slow 3G. And then uh, they kind of detail. I have ever run into anyone that has used more than a gig in a month on their phone. Yeah, it's the principle of the thing, though. It's the principalities, man. No, no, no. I understand where you're going with this. I understand that the reason why the internet became a mass market commodity was due to unlimited uh, bandwidth. You know, no caps, no time limit on your dial-up connection, or no uh, no bandwidth caps on your terrestrial broadband connection. I get that. The catch is is that if no one is using that much data and then they want to put a restriction on it, what's the BFD? It's the principle. Joey, I was here, here. when I was in the States, I was hitting about 4 gigs a month on 4G. Between 4G and 3G, I was doing 4 gigs a month. Well, and that's we, what we said before. If the data was faster and usable, we would probably use more of it. I wouldn't constantly switch between Wi-Fi because, you know, it's just as fast at that point. But this is going to make us have to keep track of it and use as little of uh, as possible to help their choking issue. Well, it's probably because LTE, right? Because LTE can suck down data like nothing else. Yeah, for sure. So can, yeah. can we move on so my butt blood pressure has a chance to recover? Right. We absolutely should. Did you guys see the this uh, Android performance boosted by thirty to one hundred percent by this Lenaro tool chain? And it came out, uh, CyanogenMod Mod's going to incorporate this into the CM9 or some of these improvements. And they, they do a lot of interesting tweaks and stuff to the, the uh, kernel and the, it just, it makes it so much more smooth. From what I've read, the, the releases that are currently out, uh, one of them has a bad GPS. It won't like, you, it's not true GPS, it won't lock or, or something. And then the other one had something else wrong with it, I forget, but... They're working on it, and this it looks like this is going to really make our phones scream once it's all finished. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. Very exciting. Any, anything, anything that boosts performance. Yeah, right? Because we have the... And that, that kind of gets into this, this next article about the, the guy from Intel, and everyone's kind of been talking about this, but basically saying that if you have a quad-core or a dual-core processor on your Android device, it's, it's a waste, and sometimes even a detriment. And, and I mean, you can take that for what it's worth being where it's coming from and, and all that. But I would much rather have a dual core or a quad core device and wait for the software to over time become optimized and eventually run it perfectly than to stick with a single core one and not be able to upgrade or something or, you know, be stuck on it. And, and I mean, software is always getting better. So we're just getting decent support for this dual core, quad core. It'll be interesting to see, if, I mean, stuff like this, if Android will put it into their primary code or if they're going to have to, I mean, I don't know what the legality of that stuff is. If right, because like that's special... what he's saying, basically. It's it's the way that the schedulers handle the priorities of the threads and the cores and everything. It's not optimized. And they said that Intel's going to have to put a lot of work into this thread scheduling to get it to properly take advantage of the cores. So I was kind of wondering at that point, do they take the work they've done and put it back into... Because that's, that's a Java thing, right? That's not an Android thing. That's a Java thing. The, the thread scheduling and everything, that's all Java. Right, Eric? And well, so, no, Java is, the, Java is just the underlying code. Right, but, but isn't this at an that layer? Thing. Is this not at that layer, or is this in, a, in the Android layer? Uh, I, I think it's in the Android layer, because I believe it's... It, it's how the operating system sends, you know, all the data that needs to be processed. I don't think I might that's what it is. No, from what I'm reading here, it's it's in the uh, GCC, which is the compiler. So it's, it's 
it looks like it's in its efficiencies in the way that the binary is generated. Which is at the at which level is that then? Um, that's way low level stuff. Yeah, it's it's whatever you would call just above hardware. Right. So, so that's why I'm not, curious. Would they either not in way the programming? It's if it's Java or if it's Android. Either way, like are, I'm wondering if they're going to make those fixes and then push them out to the the respective trees of of updates, or if they're going to be like this is ours, kind of like what Amazon's doing with their Kindle Fire set. Like they're like you know this isn't going back into the main Android source or Java. But basically, yeah, he says if you're in a non-power-constrained case, I think multiple cores make a lot of sense because you can run the cores full out. You can actually heavily load them and or if the operating system has a good thread scheduler. A lot of stuff we were dealing with, thread scheduling and thread affinity, isn't there yet. And on top of that, largely, when the operating system goes to do a single task, a lot of other stuff stops. So we... Uh, Intel moved to multiple cores. We're actually putting a lot of investment into software to fix the scheduler and fix the threading. So if we do multi-core products, it actually takes advantages of it. Advantage of it. You know, this is no different than what we saw in PC desktops. Oh, five years ago or so. When that we was were like starting the hyper-threading Celeron or whatever that was, and it was. Well, no, I was thinking you could you were starting to be able to get 64-bit processors, but everything was still 32-bit operating oh, systems. Yeah. And then it made it into dual cores, uh, 32 and 64-bit processors, most of them 64-bit. Uh, and we were still running on 32-bit operating systems. I mean, it's one of those things where the software does occasionally lag behind the hardware. Um, usually it's the reverse, um, but in this case, I, I think that what, what will happen is that the hardware will catch up to the software or vice versa. Well, isn't and, that, though, too, like that's that's the, the way it was consumed, the way the consumers demanded it. It was easy to put big specs on something because all people would do is read boxes and compare and buy whichever had the highest number. So they kind of almost, I think, they kind of took that to their advantage and was like, look at this one's bigger and this one's bigger, but there's no no software tweak in the background happening to really make a real-world difference. Right, which is one of the reasons why a 64-bit processor was a total waste on a 32-bit right. operating system because it just didn't – I mean, it, it, the the equivalent would be you've got two engines in your car and only one of them can run. Well, wow, that's useful. Right. You need a bridge in there to get them to run at the same time. Exactly. But and it is interesting. There, a lot of people are saying that you know, in real world tests, like test your single core Android and then test your dual or your quad core. It seems faster, and I just figure a lot of that is the operating system because between what the single core phones were coming out with was early gingerbread, late Froyo, right, and then the dual and the quad cores were late gingerbread, early ICS or Honeycomb even, and those I feel like were a lot way more optimized to run on those devices and and i think overall you got a more a, a better improvement i think that's a good point you're probably right i mean it would be, it would be hard to to test that but i suppose you could yeah i mean some people say benchmarks other people say benchmarks are crap and real world use is how you gotta do it but then other people say the placebo effect of how it feels right. and how it tricks your mind and I mean, it's it's different each phone. You could have five Galaxy Nexi, and each one would react differently under the same conditions. That's it's crazy. Thank you for using the proper Latin. Um, Nexi. There's a, a a build of CM9 for the Galaxy Nexus using this Lenaro stuff. Matt, have you? Are you? What are you running for That's, OS? I'm still on stock. I'm waiting for CM9 to have a release candidate. I'm not really one to want to mess with the, the alphas and the betas right now because it's my only phone. But the one that has Lenaro in it, that's the one I think that has the GPS issues. But they said everything else runs really smooth. And this is coming from the, the XDA forum thread. Okay. But yeah, more times than not, people were saying that the, the, AG, or the, the true GPS wasn't functioning. But, and you use that for work, right? Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. like my everyday phone. I mean, I have my Droid X. I could probably, but that that wouldn't really make much of a difference. So. Speaking of GPSs, if we're all done with this uh, processor thread for a second, mm. uh, follow up on uh, my coworker that has the uh, Transformer Prime and the little GPS dock. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, he actually had a chance to try it, and he said that basically it did seem to make a bigger difference indoors, but when he, he was outside underneath the cover of some heavy trees, it didn't seem to make any difference at all. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go, folks. If you've got your, your external GPS add-on for your Transformer Prime, don't chuck it, but um, it may or may not actually be. <laughs> if you need to use your GPS indoors, you might want to go and plug it in. You know, as, as long as you're not charging it or using the keyboard dock or anything else that requires that bottom slot. So as long as you're not using it, but you need the GPS. <laughs> yeah, right. Basically. Um, so let's talk about... Do you want to talk about... I guess we never really mentioned that the, the whole patent, Oracle versus Google. Uh, Eric and I did a couple specials on that. Uh, you want to just bring that to a quick close, Eric? Just right here, right now? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, basically the judge said that you can't copyright APIs in this particular instance. He was very specific to tie it to the uh, to the Oracle versus Google trial. So, you know, maybe not the slam dunk win that a lot of programmers and, you know, people on the Internet were wanting, but, um, you know, a pretty, pretty solid win for Google. So now we're just waiting, to, uh, waiting for that to go to appeals court, because since we know it will, but it, Google's probably safe for at least a year. Can I ask what the point of doing this, if they're just going to appeal it? Like, they should have did it fakey and then been like, okay, now we're going to do it for real this time and, and just save a lot of hassle. Well, I, I, I don't know exactly how the appeals court works, to be honest with you. They but, give you a decision um, and you don't like it, so you say, give me another decision. Actually, better yet, let's go through this whole thing again. And then you get well, the I same decision. Well, I think they decision. can review the case, and they're going to probably review the, um, you know, the judge's uh, decisions. They're going to read this, uh, this big thing that he, the judge, this big write-up that the judge uh, produced about why the API shouldn't be allowed to be copywritten, and you know, they're they're probably going to glean a lot from that. So the fact that um, that Google won the initial trial is I think weighs in their favor uh quite heavily but honestly I think we'll just have to wait and see. I can't wait. Or see. Yeah. Oh and I I believe I I believe I read and I I don't know if anybody else saw this and confirmed it but something stating that um Oracle would have to pay Google's legal fees. Oh really? Which if that's true <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's true. I'm curious if you guys read it, but um, if that's true, that would be well. Isn't that how court hilarious. works? The loser pays the winner's legal fees. I mean, I've never been sued no, allegedly, but I don't know. No, I I know of a couple of uh, court cases from like family members and such where you know even though you won, you didn't really win because you your court costs basically ate up everything that you uh, made from the trial. So. Uh, supposedly, it was based on an earlier agreement that they that Google and Oracle had, um, though I don't recall reading that. So, take it with a grain of salt. All right. Well, that's cool. In other court news, I think it's kind of funny that the ITC is gonna say, "Nope, sorry, HTC, you can't use Google's patents to go after Apple." I'm kind of curious if Apple, I mean, Apple and HTC have been back and forth. Basically, Apple and any Android manufacturer have been back and forth. Google comes in with some patents. HTC's like, oh, I'm going to go on the offensive. And the, the judge was like, nope, not quite. Can't do that. Uh, they, they Apple argued that HTC lacks standing. Uh, Administrative Law Judge Thomas Pender apparently concluded that HTC failed to acquire all substantial rights in the relevant patents. So they were like, Google just gave them a little note that says, yes, you can has these. And they went and they were like, see, got a note. And the judge was like, no, you can't. You actually need, you need to sign some more paperwork. That's a little surprising because that was some of the speculation when Google was buying Motorola Mobility was that we were going to see Google offering up these patents and, and you know, basically... You know, a, a nice, happy brick wall of protection. But is that the thing? Can Google just say, 
we have these patents, so don't mess with any of our manufacturers, or do they actually have to transfer uh, ownership uh, of the patents to... Apparently not. Uh, I think there's two things. Isn't this an offensive case? Isn't HTC suing Apple? Yes. So, I mean, Google could use the, still use that Motorola patents as defense. Right, you could license your patents to HTC for free or something like That's that. That's what I was wondering. If if it goes both ways or if you can if you're getting attacked, if you can be like, Google, I need these, but you no, can't you for use sure them can. to I, go I mean, after you to, people. You can obviously license a patent, right? From HTC. Right. right? So you Google. just can't do it to go after people. That's that must be what this case is. Because they failed that? to acquire whatever substantial rights in the yeah, patents. Is that, that they if, needed. if HTC wants to sue if Google wants to use their patent to sue Apple then I think he's basically saying, no, Google, you have to sue Apple. You can't have HTC sue Apple. You have right. to sue Apple. Right, and then last, yeah, and that was last week, Apple. That was Apple's third ITC complaint against HTC. That's so awesome. Yeah, Just which a- makes sense. I mean, uh, although I think Apple and Google don't want their names. I mean, Google does not want to be seen as attacking because they're always on the defense, right, when it comes to these patents. And they've said over and over again that, like, Apple's killing innovation, Apple is, you know, sort of evil, and Google's like, we're the good guys. We don't, we don't do offensive patents, but HTC does. <laughs> but HTC does because, yeah, <laughs> because your phone has terrible Wi-Fi th- issues. <laughs> Go ahead. This Eric. is the guy from Foss Patents, right? Yes, sir. Okay, I, I then I, I would hopefully I'll have time this week to read the the ITC ruling. Um, I'll just throw out there that. Especially during the the Oracle versus Google trial, um, it was pretty apparent to me that this guy at Foss Patents uh, has a pretty anti Google slant. And additionally, I mean, like it it came out that he was like a paid that he's a paid um, oh not co- contractor is not the right word, but uh, you probably understand what I'm saying for for Microsoft and Oracle. So consultant, I, I wouldn't necessarily consultant. Thank you, yeah, buddy. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily take everything we're reading here as truth um, until you actually read the ITC. I do think uh, it's interesting, yourself. though, towards the end, because we, we saw a lot of these firms pop up and try to buy out a bunch of patents, right, and then use them to go after other companies. So what what he says here at the end, he says all those rent-a-patent firms have to reconsider their business model. If they transfer all substantial rights, their partner's customers have standing. But in that case then they might not ever get their patents back. So that's basically, if you want to go after somebody, you have to, Google would have to, to HTC, basically give them those patents and say, you know, you own these now. And Google, unless HTC gives them back, or if, I don't even know if you can do that, but they they can't say, we want those back after the lawsuit. Like, it's theirs yeah. at that point. I, I mean, I like Google, obviously, but I think this is probably the right decision. Uh, yeah, mean, you Google don't want companies Apple, going. They should just sue Apple. Well, and not if... even that though. Just the precedent that you don't want these <clears throat> patent right. firms buying up patents, right. giving them to other places, and suing the crap out of all these other places, or renting them or something like that. Exactly, yeah, right. exactly. And so that that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, enough patent nonsense. Uh, did patents. you <laughs> last week? I just want to real quick bring this up, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes because there, there's a great picture of a gold-plated Lamborghini Android tablet slash phone. It's what? going for more than two grand. And this is last week. We were—I forget if it was on Yats or this show—but we were talking about <gasps> like how oh, companies great. license out their brands to other things that have no relation to their business at all, like the Porsche mountain bike or whatever. And here yeah, we have yet, but we've talked about that before too. Because yeah, Ferrari okay. was licensing its name out to Acer for some right. Laptops. Yeah, those laptops, those little Acer laptops that were Lamborghini or Ferrari. Yeah, on Amazon, I remember seeing them. But this is an Android phone Guys, that's my, Lamborghini for two thousand dollars. Have a Porsche. They say Porsche design on them. <laughs> that's so awesome. There you have it. Do they help you see better? I mean, besides no, just the faster. obvious, <laughs> they're just an accessory. And the funny thing is, though, like, if you were any kind of other than to have a gold with sapphire glass <laughs> phone, like, if you look at it from an Android perspective, it's kind of crappy. It's a 1.2 gigahertz processor, 512 megs of RAM. 
and it's twenty three hundred dollars. <laughs> like really? This is of course for the Lamborghini hipster. Who well, of has course, everything. No, there's no such thing. But I'm just saying, even there's if no you Lamborghini did that, Lamborghini hipster, that would be this, like the you, worst you know experience. They're going to sell like three of these, and they're going to sell them they? on clearance at Macy's for like forty two dollars <laughs> at the end of the season. I'm just so curious why they crap. didn't do this to a better phone to really make it better. Like this. Whoever bought this would have the worst. Because it's not about experience. selling the phone. It's not. You're not it's, using it's just Android about on it. Your name out there. That's it. Okay. Well, I think that's ridiculous. I'm glad. I'm glad that exists. Did you yeah. see these interesting? This was on Kotaku. They're interesting little controllers that may be changing the way we game on our tablets, on our Android tablets. I kind of want one. It's like part GameCube controller, part PlayStation controller with a little, I don't know. I, I think they're kind of cool. I, I want one to play with. Yeah, right? This thing Just looks to... ugly. It looks so ugly. Well, I'm not wearing it around my neck like Flavor Flav, bro. It comes in a cool case. Yeah, but I mean. And they have yeah, different kinds. Boy. They have different kinds, boy. <laughs> And they say, instead of a special software development kit, the PlayPad line utilizes the standard human interface device protocol supported by most Android hardware and software. Working with NVIDIA means that every game that shows up in the Tegra zone will work with these controllers without having to mess with configs, which is comes awesome. With a case. Yeah, isn't that cool? I don't know. I think that's cool. I play a lot of Tegra zone. How much is this piece of crap? Uh, I don't think it says... <laughs> I'm just thinking, I play a lot of Tegra Zone games, and sometimes, uh, yeah, it'd be cool to have a little controller that's not my Galaxy Nexus. That's all. Well, if I'm going to sit down with a controller, I'm just going to go onto my computer and play, like, Skyrim or something. <laughs> yeah, well, not all of us have computers fast enough to play Skyrim or something. I'm going to go play Half-Life 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can play Pong. No, I just thought it was cool. It's a new idea, yeah. kind of, without Does it connect to... through? What's it connect through? Bluetooth or what? Uh, I believe it's Bluetooth. Yeah, it's Bluetooth. Yeah, it's Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. For sure. It, you I know, think this it's, is it's neat just idea. from the idea that... Whoa. Go, Jeremy. <laughs> Apparently, Eric and I were saying the exact same thing. Go, Eric impressive. and Jeremy yeah. in an A minor harmony. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Me? No, it, it's. I think it's a cool idea because it's giving people choice, and choice is always a great thing. Um, I'm kind of right there with you, Seth. I, tablet... Gaming is is not really my thing, but um, think of all the kids that you know. Remember the kids. Think of the kids that. Think of the children. Know, I the think this is a great is their, device. Like, their thing, you know. You can buy a kid a tablet for two hundred bucks or whatever. Throw them one of these, and boom, they'll leave you alone. Plus, I yeah. think this really. I mean, if you're just playing games on your tablet, you might as well use the on-screen. This really comes in handy if you got tablet going out to your HDMI big screen. And you don't want to hold the tablet. You just want to sit on the couch and just play. Mm, but at that point. point, I'll just get my PS3 and my Xbox 360 and just console game. Well, you know the. <laughs> you see, we're seeing the like Grand Theft Auto came out last December. Max Payne's coming out. I was for just Android, gonna say uh, Max Payne, dude. Max Payne. So I mean, yeah, maybe I don't have a PlayStation 2 anymore, and my PS3 isn't backwards compatible, so. I just took my tablet up and I play a little, you know, GTA for a little bit. And I want to do that on a big screen. There is a market for this. I just don't know that Nyko can make something that's not cheap and plasticky and gross that anybody would want to get. That's why you don't let other people touch your controllers. Jeremy, what is this universal laptop dock for phones that you want what? so bad that you keep moving <laughs> in the dock? What? Every time I look I what the next moving. story is, it's this. And I'm like, what the hell? It's a good thing you brought it up. I deleted I that like four times already. <laughs> all right. So, you know, we, we all know my, my dream of having a phone that I can plug into everything. And there's a company called Clamcase. That, their big claim to fame looks to be iPad cases. And they're, look, they're working on coming out with something called the Clam Book which is a dock for any phone, like anything. Not any phone. Any phone running either Ice Cream Sandwich or iOS, I think, 5 and up. Okay, that's any phone. Any phone that 
whereby you would use it and not use maps as your app pick of the week. Yeah, oh, well, snap. okay, whatever. Um, pardon me for being practical. For practically taking like a year to recognize how... Never mind, but moving on. T- you know, There's it, only it, three roads in my town. Okay? I understand that. Quiet, you're, you're stealing my thunder. So You don't have any thunder. I am four. Mute this him. This thing is amazing. If, if, if you haven't looked at this, um, clamcase.com, and it's listed under the products, and I there's no pricing. They're not really talking about it yet. But, but what I'm digging about this is my biggest objection to all these peripherals that we've seen is that they're they're proprietary. You know, we talked about the the pad phone earlier, and you can shell out for all that extra stuff. But what if you want to go over to an HTC device or a Samsung device? You've wasted all that money, and now you're kind of locked in. You're you're going to buy another Asus device, well, Jeremy, hoping that it's even going to work. Even this within even more standardized. Even within Apple, aren't they going to switch from that? What was it? The the regular proprietary connector to something different? Yeah, but Apple's stupid. I know, but what I'm saying is, how many people bought a bunch of stuff that you know that works on? It's the same idea that you see yeah, even within if you closed buy Apple products. You have to throw everything out every three years. Right. Anyway, good point. Right. I mean, this thing is just... wicked cool, though. You know, if this comes in, it, it, you know, let's say like the $500 mark and there's reasonable expectation for forward compatibility, I would buy one. And if they came out with multiple displays and different use, oh man, that's the answer right there. That's your minimalist fantasy right there. This, now you can see why I kept moving it down in the dock. Thank you. I'm glad you did. You should, I don't know why I'm hosting this show. You should host this show. I don't want to host the show. You're a terrible <laughs> job. I'm hosting it because nobody else wants to. <laughs> You're hosting it because you know what to do when we're all like. Oh, uh, when silent. we're all done talking, when the music uh, stops. Uh, all right. Yes. All right. Did you guys see this cool uh, little app mod that you know how apps kind of steal your privacy sometimes? Well, this app says, "Oh yeah, steal this," and it gives it fake privacy data. It's like steal this fake data. Now now you're confused. Now you don't know what to believe, and your phone kills itself. That's what this That's does. Right. Now you're on a government list because it fed some really, really bad fake data. Could it. you imagine yeah. what it – like it has a pool to, feed, to choose from, and it's all like bomb, airplane, red flag, <laughs> like just putting together fake – oh, That man. would be a great new kind of spyware. That would be, right? How awesome would that be? Like it, it's – you know, it – your phone doesn't dial 900 numbers. It doesn't spam you. It doesn't, you know, make ads pop up. Yes. It just does everything it possibly can to get you on a no-fly list. Like, I don't have to mess with you. The government's doing that for me. That's brilliant. I want that. Right? So this is uh, a, it's a, a nifty roundup of programs designed to help you keep your data away from greedy mobile apps. And there's... Uh, Bulgarian software developer Playman Kosif. We should try and get him on the show. He actually rewrote the Android operating system so that it gives apps bogus data when users grant them permission to start, uh, start scrounging around their phone. Uh, for example, when users give an app access to their bookmarks, it simply returns the default bookmarks list that came preloaded on your phone uh, or sends out a blank address book to apps that want to see contact lists. But I guess on the other side of this, like if you really want any of those apps to be useful, <laughs> this is probably not for you. Well, and this isn't even doesn't look, even look like this is an app. This is a completely it's redone, a redone operating like a yeah. It's it's a ROM. It's a ROM that provides. Fake it's going to get turned into kind of apps eventually. I think is what they said. But as of right yeah. now, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, but this is only useful if you can pick which apps pay attention to it. You know, in other words, maybe I want my locations app to actually have my actual location, uh, but I maybe I don't want to, the my pinball app to have my actual location. Right. You need to pick and choose what gets fed the proper legit info and what gets the the blank. Right. Because if blanks. it's all just crap or if it's all just real, it's meaningless. Sure. Uh, let's see. Researchers from North Carolina State said they found mobile apps that integrate advertisements pose privacy and security risks. 
Uh, they conducted a study that examined 100,000 apps from Google Play Market and notice is that what we're calling it now? Is it the the Google Play Market? I thought they got rid of Market. Anyway, uh, notice more than half contain ad libraries, while 297 of the apps include aggressive ad libraries ooh, that could download and run code from remote servers. Uh, they also found more than 48,000 of the apps were examined could track location via GPS, because there's lots of maps, uh, while others could access call logs, phone numbers, and a list of all the apps a user has stored on the phone. Which is, duh, doy, the doy, right? All right. I'm watching too much TV lately. Did, did we talk about the number of activations? 900. Did you gloss over that? I feel like that's a meme in its own, and it blows away so, the 7,000 so Dragon Ball Z meme. Yeah, so Andy Rubin tweeted that, uh, what was that, Sunday? It was because after it was a rumor, a rumor that Robert, Robert that Scoble, Scoble Mench started a rumor saying that Rubin was leaving Google to go work for this cloud car thing. And what really ended up happening, I guess, was that it's just a startup space that he let them use. He wasn't leaving or anything. And then he also mentioned at the bottom of the tweet, oh, by the way, 900,000! <laughs> like, really? And so I can't even fathom. Like, I'm looking at my Galaxy Nexus and I'm trying to imagine 899,000 more of these <laughs> every day. I, I- I'm trying to imagine what the emoticon for what you just yelled was. <laughs> no screenshots, please. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I should have taken one. Too um, late. It's, you know, we're going to crest a million a day. That's so many. Like, does it's that... Just, it's, that's, it's insane, but it, it, I think it really... I really want to see a breakdown of that. This is you know, peak, by, though, right? Because country and, and How long... Else can that go on for before you run out of subscribers i mean eventually it's like the facebook thing you're on you're not going to keep well, growing that that much. assumes that an, that assumes android's only going to be in phones that's well, true doesn't it right? also assume that every activation is a new person coming to the platform not matt getting when, a new phone or let's when not google's reported these numbers before it's been a report of new activations of, right. or activations of new devices you know, every time you wipe your phone, they're not counting that. So it's it's new devices. Of course, it doesn't mean that there's nine that there aren't you know some chunk of those being retired in the same day. So the net gain isn't nine hundred thousand a day, but it's still a ridiculous number. And if we look forward a couple of years and think about you know maybe our landfills. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that that's I mean we're all. You know, we're all going to be swimming in this crap. In a it's crazy, anyway. right? But if we think of, of uh, Google TV and, and the other Android-powered things that aren't phones, tablets, and whatnot, um, you know, it's easy to imagine that somebody could have, assuming that Android keeps going, five to ten devices in their home. You know, TV, maybe a set-top box, a computer, a tablet, a phone, their car, their fridge. You know, I mean, you can see how, how this could become an embedded standard. Yeah, that's the only way, though, that it can keep it up that way is if mul- uh, single people have multiple devices and multiple different kinds of uses. Speaking right. of which... Which is uh, the opposite, your minimalist fantasy. That's like the freaking opposite of that. Got an well, email this week uh, a couple of days ago that they were offering pre-orders on those $49 Android-powered micro-PCs. And not the Raspberry the email. Is that not the Raspberry Pi, but the other one that we talked about? Uh, correct. It was the uh, APC, I think is what they were calling it. Right. Android-powered computer? Something like that. It, it was a three-letter acronym. Wasn't uh, it Asus, or who was it made by? I forget. It was VIA, wasn't it? VIA, that's who it was, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, what's what's the point? You got an email, and what? You ordered well, us all one. Well, the point was one? is that it, for $49 for a micro PC, you know, it, yeah, and it was, by the way, APC uh, is, the, is the name, and they were saying that uh, the pre-orders will ship worldwide at $49 and that the units are going to be shipping in early, in early July is what they're anticipating. And let me just double check here. I think, yep, the pre-orders are sold out. Of course. So, yeah. Uh, but for $49, you can get a micro PC... Uh, running Android, and there's yet another vector for Android activations per day. I'm going to carry one in my pocket. You could. I also thought activations were like cell 
devices, and certain tablets didn't count if they were Wi-Fi only, but I could be wrong. So, what's Ant talking in the chat here about 2,000 of them are, are ICS? ICS really needs to catch up. What is it? 2.9% of active Android devices is ICS, and that was... Well, because it's in, only on, like, what? That was in April. Phones? That was back in April. I thought it got up to 7% just recently. He's saying that number's low, but I really, I don't think it's that high. Well, didn't it just release for the Galaxy S2? And that was a huge phone. Um, so we might start seeing that yeah, the more, spike a few percentage points. The more updates, the more these phones get, definitely. You'll see, like, little, <laughs> it'll start growing, but. Know where we're at. Well, that be. one in particular, I was thinking. And I got a question. Why is everybody talking that Google Maps is just now getting offline maps capability? Like, I swear it's had that for the last, like, year or so. You had to go into labs and turn it on, and then you could pre-cache whatever. Like, why Can you are... do that on Android, though? Yeah, I'm on, on, really? on Android. Like, I keep oh. hearing that in I different shows. I'm like, maybe. I've been well, maybe, using that. Maybe from... because they're taking it out of labs? Oh, and actually adding it in? Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I just always assume that it... Well, it, Matt, you know you know there was that big Google Maps announcement. Well, there was a big Google yeah, Maps announcement. Yeah, and that's... Didn't they announce that? So is that... They announced that's, it going to 3D, and they announced it... Yeah, they announced that, too. <laughs> so I that's think them. Jeremy's right. They're taking out of labs and putting it in, the, in just the regular app. I see. Hey, did you guys hear that Apple's going to have turn-by-turn directions now? No way. I think we're going to get that. No without, way. Without <laughs> buying the TomTom app for 100 bucks, Because that's awesome. I posted that. Do you guys remember TomTom? Apple just, like, bringing them back from the dead? There's a... I have I think, a TomTom. I love it. I think it was Android Police. You know, there's always these debates, but they had an interesting article about how, like, everything... Apple announced is already in Android in like particular either in skins or in hasn't it been know. like that the last couple of years though ever since they ripped notifications after we ripped their sh- crappy antenna yeah it's it's not always in like the the core Android or the you know the vanilla but there's either an app you can download or there's uh, a ROM you can put on that's got you know all the stuff that anyways it's interesting and what's amazing is that when we say oh we already had that. No one cares because they're Apple users. But and they too care. Busy being blind, looking through their hipster glasses and their tight skinny jeans. But that's that's why they have to have little phones fit in their little tight skinny jeans. All right, let's do some app picks, shall we? Who wants to start us I off like with my an app pick? Jeans. Eric, you God, and your skinny no. jeans. Give us an app pick. Okay, sorry. Um. No, take your time. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my app pick, my app pick today is uh, Evernote with the Evernote widget because apparently that had to be a separate app, right? I because I why. picked Evernote back um, in episode twenty-two. If you use the search engine on the site and search for Evernote, you would know that. But that's cool. Evernote's changed a lot since. You then. lied to me. No. Wow, what a jerk! I and said search has. for it. I didn't say I did. Yes or no? I just literally searched for it and saw that I had on episode twenty-two. But that's Kinda cool. Rude. Because it's changed. Dude, I don't even have the bandwidth of Google. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm picking on you. Tell us what's awesome about it because it's changed a lot since back then. No, I just – I like it. The biggest thing that I use actually is the widget, which they have now sort of sucked out of the main app and made its own little little separate thing. Um, But I just like – like it it displays the last couple of of notes that I've been working on – a couple of big things, just like my to-do list, like the my overall to-do list is maybe like four or five items right now per week. So I put that on there so it sort of tells me what are the projects and things that I need to work on right now. Um, so yeah, I just I think it's kind of cool. My wife's been using Evernote a lot more than I have, and I've just started getting into it. And uh, I think it's the app for Android is pretty great. Evernote, I remember this too. I mentioned it as my pick back when... Google Docs app was really crappy in how you could edit because you had to go line by line. And so I was using Evernote mobile to, to do stuff. And yeah, but now Google Docs kind of handles it or Drive or whatever. But Evernote like keeps elevating their game. They're like, oh yeah, well check this out or check this out. And there's, yeah, there's wicked use cases for that app. Well, you know what I, I'm waiting for is for them to start doing uh, handwriting 
in there. I'd love to just pop open Evernote and actually write a couple of notes to myself versus having to type them. Can't you do that if you have a stylus like on the note, on the Galaxy Note or something? A spen? Yeah, a spen. A spen. <laughs> Maybe if you have the note and a spen, but I don't think you can do it in Evernote yet. Eric, have you heard of Livescribe? Yeah, I've never used it. I have one. I like it. <laughs> but I've heard of it. No big deal. <laughs> I got to tell you, for me, with uh, I find that I can type faster than I can scroll or scrawl or widget or scribble or whatever the heck they want to call it, depending on your OS and, and hardware platform. So I prefer the typing. I find on a good day with yeah. some good, strong Wi-Fi, the Google Voice typing outdoes anything. I'm you talk and it's just real Word. time. Boom and it's done. All right. Uh yeah, Joey, but sometimes you want to like draw a little diagram or something. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes I need a spin diagram. All right, Joey. App pick. Okay, this is gonna be one of my fun apps. Uh this is the HAL nine thousand app. Uh which for those of you who are looking at my feed you will see the lovely icon of the HAL 9000 from 2001 A Space Odyssey. And by touching the app, you get a Joey? random sound effect from the show. Why, when did HAL 9000 turn into droid? Good question. Not really sure. But anyway. There is a message for you. There is a message for you. Hmm. They sell you the rest of the quotes. <laughs> it's, and, it's, it randomly plays from one different sound every time. That's awesome. He has five words he can use in any amount of different. All right. Well, thank you for that helpful app, Joey. Uh, yeah, it's completely not helpful. It's just fun. Like me. Please play it again. Joey, you're fun. Hal, what's the next app pick? I don't know, Matt. I'm a droid. Ooh, that one was different. That was like spot on. That's kind of creepy. All right, Jeremy. That go. was like actually like a myth. That was like the subtitle for the entire show. This conversation <laughs> could serve no more useful purpose. Than every other show we produce. That's excellent. All right. So my app today is in celebration of the Yankees taking sole possession of first place in the American League East, and that's a big old. Screw you to Joey, who is a uh, foolish Red Sox fan, and we had some good banter going in the pre-show for those of you that um, are not the five of us. Um, You know what? We should start inviting people that are like in the the Google Plus circle for the show into the pre-show to just come and like watch the mess. We could they do, might yeah. not respect any of us anymore. We could pick like one or two a week and just it's let kind them of a ex- disaster. Let them experience us, <laughs> and we can it's... all utter those famous words from from MythBusters. Oh, Sanjay, will you see me the same way in the morning? What the hell? Well, you never saw that episode. I need that cricket app. What are you talking? Apparently about? not. What? Who is oh, Sanjay? Never mind. <laughs> all I've been watching is community lately, so I don't know. I'm all caught up though almost. Ugh. So my app pick is called Yogiisms. Nice. And it's um it probably has a bank of slightly more quotes than Joey's Hal app. And it's all quotes from Yogi Berra, because he's awesome. Hey boo boo. Not that that's Yogi Berra. Oh. Not Berra. Oh, the baseball player. Yeah, the Yankee legend. Right. He's the man. Yeah, I'm going to redo my app pick to be the Ted Williams app for no reason at all. Yeah, why don't you go buy some J.J. Nissen bread? Because that's the only thing that he ever... How about Moxie? He did. Seth. Moxie's disgusting. That's not even... Moxie is awesome. Are you still with us, Seth? Yes, you want mine? I, I do. I want yours. So I uh, I haven't actually played this game, but I have read good reviews about it. And Don't it make really this fun. mistake. No. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 really popular. You're gonna it's get called... infected. I, you know, in general, I like. I'm kind of a zombie guy. I mean, I like zombie. I don't really like the new. Uh, I'm not a big fan of The Walking Dead, but um, I do like zombie books. Anyways, but um, I'm drawing all sorts of parallels here. That's weird. Is that just me? 
All right, go ahead. Sorry. Anyways, uh, so I, it's this game called Rebuild. Uh, it looks it's like a strategy game, um, and you are basically trying to survive like a zombie outbreak. Uh, but it's more like it looks more like real time strategy where you like build towers and fences, and it's on sale right now for sixty six percent off for ninety nine cents. So I actually think I'm going to buy it and uh, see if I like it, but I haven't had time to play it. I don't know if I mentioned it on this show or what show. I can't keep shows straight anymore, but at Comic-Con, I think, The Walking Dead is doing a zombie simulation. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be like 70 bucks. Oh, it was on the... It was on a, a different... Yeah. Okay, I remember. Um, yeah, would you pay 70 bucks to like go through well, you know, a Walking Dead? I'm going to Comic-Con Dead? this year. Are you going to do it? If, if, no, I don't think so. But if, no you, if you want to take up a, a collection, I'll go do it for the... I'll bring a video in, but <laughs> I'm not doing it on my own. I would like... I Seth, would. you're, you're going to wear your Android beanie, right? Huh? You got to wear your Android beanie to Comic-Con. Uh, and just yeah. hand out and business cards that say Attack the of the hair? Android. Are huh? you crazy? Huh? The hair is all he's got. I'm just, just trying to a imagine. for $70? I'm just teasing. I don't. I actually don't you really know. Sell Android. some blood. Knowing that it's a simulation, though, I would just go through it and make my best attempt to just, like, kill zombies. But for real. You know, would be so I scared. Mean, they, they do, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, even though simulation things can be scary, like haunted houses, I'm not a big haunted house guy, but those can be, depending on who you are, right? Like, people go to them because they're, they find them scary in some sense. So I'm guessing this could be, I don't know. So what was your app pick? Zombie delight. No, it's called Rebuild. Oh right, okay. Rebuild. I actually just bought it, so I'll, I'll give you an update next week if I like it or not. Sweet deal. All right, I got just a helpful utility. Sometimes maybe your GPS doesn't lock. You need this app called GPS Status, and it. That's it, a great app. It's so awesome. It, it'll tell you. It's basically like a hard line into your hardware GPS, and it tells you what it's doing. It'll show you where the satellites are. It'll it does all sorts of cool stuff. But one of the cool things it does is downloads helpful uh, GPS databases. So instead of your phone just blindly searching for GPS, it downloads this and it has a better idea of where the satellites are depending on the de- uh, time of day. And so it can start looking there. And nine times out of ten, it locks so much quicker and more more satellites. So. Uh, it's called GPS Status. I've I've had the paid version of that forever now. That was a original Droid app that I've brought with me through the years. Yeah. So um, check it out. GPS one use status. case that I, I used to have for that app, Matt, that yeah. some some might might find helpful. Uh, my original Droid would get stuck with GPS. You know, especially yeah. if I was traveling out of state. You know, I'd go down to Massachusetts, visit friends, come back. It's like you are in Worcester. I was like, no, I'm not. And reboot, nothing would fix it. So with yep. that that app, you can clear your GPS state, and then it'll rediscover where it is, and that would usually help. That's always and, yeah. I should mention that's how you do it. You go in and you go into tools, clear GPS. You clear it first, and then you close the app. You go back in, and it'll download. And I find it works better if you clear it first and then have it download instead of just trying to keep getting it to download works much better but yeah good call so gps status uh great app picks gents except for you joey uh it's been a slice <laughs> email show at attack of the androids.com subscribe on itunes write us a review about joey hey, like... at least his app pick today wasn't like contacts contacts <laughs> i was gonna do solitaire for the windows pc <laughs> as your but this app is pick. an android show buddy that would be the that, oh, that'd be the oops. end of it. That that's the last straw. <laughs> All right, Seth, Joey, Jeremy, Eric, I'm Matt, and it's this been real. has been real fun. And we'll catch you guys Word. next week. Attackoftheandroids.com. Peace out, guys. Holla. <laughs>